and be buried is when we give it to him. So sometimes we have to cleanse the house. So of the leaven, we have to move out the sin that we're connected in the old thought and bring in the new, okay? Because these, these feasts go boom, 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 boom. That's how they happen. So if, you, if, we are see, if we're coming out to Passover and we are seeking, we want death to pass us over, guess what you're going to really be responsible for? Burying the sin. Whatever it is that God revealed to you, you have to stand on the word of God and you have to bury it. Jesus taught us how to do that by communing, by taking the bread. Okay, that's the communion with him. He said, do this as what? As, as often in remembrance of me. Okay, so he's, he wants us to think about what sin is in our life and how we can exchange that. All right. So then you have first fruits, which really comes right after two, which is awesome. That is the spring harvest. The first fruits is Jesus. He was resurrected back up. He died. He was buried. He removed the power of sin when he became our unleavened bread. So then he was resurrected up to show us that we can live a resurrected life. He became our first fruits. Hey, what happened? I love this song. What happened in the grave? When he died, graves opened up, right? There are spiritual fathers that went up with him, okay? So think about that. So we go from death, burial, to the first fruits, which is the resurrected Christ. The word says he is our first fruit because he is the first that went through this movement. And guess what? He was blameless. He was blameless. Okay, praise God. But here's the best part. We've talked about, you know, you have to sacrifice something of yourself. You've got to really bury that sin. You cannot go back and open that up. And if you do, there will be a spring harvest. There'll be a resurrection. There will be a new thing to come. We are raised up in his truth. It's Christ exchanged. We are raised in the new. He rose and the first harvest was risen with him. Isn't that awesome? So that means there's going to be a, another harvest. There's going to be another harvest of souls when Jesus comes the second time. All right. So death, burial, resurrection. See, this is what I love. After the resurrection, then it's the feast of weeks all the way up to Pentecost. And it is a holy time where you really, you, you, you spent, you sanctify yourself unto him because then when Pentecost comes it's now a visitation man we experience him in every feast but the most exciting one is Pentecost because Pentecost is when the fulfilling the Holy Spirit came down it is it's also called the summer harvest it was the giving of the Holy Spirit it was Jesus after Jesus was resurrected he called people to come to sell to meet so that he could bring down his spirit upon them. Hey, we can't get anywhere without the what? The power of the Holy Spirit. We can't get anywhere without the power of the Holy Spirit. It is so awesome. It gave, he gave them the Holy Spirit, the power to witness and to the receiving the power that Jesus died for us to have. So we can labor with him. Nobody 
can help labor for the fall harvest if you do not have the Holy Spirit, the fullness of the Spirit. But here's what's so awesome about the movement. The movement, this happens all the time. We are constantly in a mode of dying, burying something, experience resurrection, and then waiting for the visitation, the filling of the Spirit. When we come up here and worship, we are trying to bring in the what? The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, right? We want to be filled with that Spirit. The Word says, the Word says, put up Acts 2.41. Oh, Acts, I'm sorry, Acts 1.8 first. He wants to give us power to rise up and do what we're called to do for him. It says, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has what? Come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and all Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. You know what? If we can get through these four feasts and understand its movement, that's what we're going to do. Expand. Because now every year he has a measure of power to bestow on you. You guys get that? It's not a one-time filling. You've got to get into this movement. You've got to get into the significance of these feasts and understand what is he doing. You can actually pinpoint where you're at. And see, we're trying to teach it through here, like the feasts and the word, so you can understand it. Not so, so you can focus on his significance and where are you in that. See, people come in here, they don't even know they have to die. I didn't know I had to die. <laughs> I thought we accept Christ in our heart and that was it. I didn't think I had to renew my mind or do anything different. And so Acts 4, I mean, Acts 2.41. Acts 2.41. It says, then those who gladly received his word were baptized. And that day, about 3,000 souls added to them. Okay, I'm going to tell you something really deep. And now we're going to go back to, you know, where the Israelites were in the, this is a really cool fact. The Israelites, when Moses went up for his visitation with God, all right, what happened? Does anybody remember what happened? Aaron, they all got lost. Their leader went up to go, to go feast with God, talk to this man, right? He is up with God. And then they all decided, oh, what? he hasn't come back. Where is he? He is having a good time with God, right? He is experiencing a visitation with the Father. And then all of a sudden, they want to give up. They create a golden calf. They start coming up with their own rules. Okay, no kidding. How many people got, how many people got called dead? 3,000. That was during the same time that Pentecost is now. How many were, how many were filled with the Spirit? The word says 3,000. 3,000 were brought back. Now, isn't that amazing? The sons of God are led by the Spirit. Man, we need to understand these feasts. If you are not being filled with the Spirit in relationship with Him, which means something in you's got to die, you got to seriously cleanse yourself and bury it, okay? And then you're going to experience a, a resurrection in your heart. And when you experience that resurrection and you, and you really commune with him, you're going to get a filling. You are going to get a Pentecost. Do you know what I'm saying? Because he's going to fill you with the power you need to do your next move. Nobody can go from born again right to here. You can feel like that in worship. 
But remember, a feast, feasts are in line because it takes what? Preparation and it takes and participation. The, the feast, the significance of the feast are to say, keep moving with me. This fruit already works. It doesn't die. Doesn't this make you want to go home and study the feasts? I'm serious. If you can get that something in my soul has to, a thought has to die. And then I got to really bury that sin. I'm telling, I'm telling you, that's what I love about communion. Communion is a great way when you look, there was a great testimony that Monica said. She had to work on unforgiveness. She had to really die to an unforgiveness. What did she do? She took the bread and she looked at that bread because soul shifters taught her that she's to think of everybody like Christ in Christ's eyes and to give forgiveness through the communing with him. See, that's the most beautiful part about unleavened bread. If you will actually allow the cleansing, once you can admit you have something to die with it, now you can get the cleansing done and bury it. Amen. Do you know what I'm saying? You can really get that done and you can bury it. Power is coming through Pentecost. I love it. You know what happens after Pentecost? I love this. There's a rest. There is a good rest until the fall season. I am telling you, Christ showed us. Oh, this is so good. I'll tell you, these things just make me so happy. Christ showed us an established movement. The first Adam came, right? He was called. But the second was what? To come and establish the movement. He came to establish the process. Come on, the process on how we can become a victorious bride to expand his kingdom for the latter glory. Man, if anybody's not willing to go through the process to become a spotless bride, and you don't want to go through these feasts, you don't want to understand the significance of them, then you're just willing to stay stagnant. People can, people can understand and know this and still stay in the same place. And they don't understand what it means, former glory letter. The former glory was when Jesus came and he pulled all those people out of the grave. But now there's going to be a latter glory that's going to be greater. And we're called, we are called to, the, to be the laborers. How many people want to be reapers? Right? I want to be a reaper of the kingdom. I want, if we are in that time where we're called where the, the expanded feasts are about, they're going to come to fulfillment. They are going to come to their fulfillment. What, what does that mean? This is awesome. Blah, right? <laughs> okay, what does that mean? The feast, hold on. Did I write it down? I'm trying to keep my notes in order because this is such a long teaching. Oh, here we go. It's right here. To expand his kingdom for the latter glory. What is the Feast of Trumpets? The Feast of Trumpets has to do when the Lord returns with a sound. Okay? We have a part of that assignment. The Lord is to come with a sound. Guess what we're to build? A sound. The Lord is going to come with a sound. We are responsible to build a sound. So we're already experiencing the measure of that feast if we're working at building a sound. Okay? Atonement, what are, what's our responsibility? To fast and pray. Because the day of atonement is when the Israelites receive their final cleansing. 
is when he calls all the first in, which is the Jewish population, the ones who are called. We are actually to fast and pray during that time. What is the feast? What, this is, I'm telling you, tabernacle, the trumpets, the atonement and the tabernacle is the fullness of fruit. The tabernacle is the first shall be last. You know, I'm going to tell you, this is so awesome. The tabernacles, when we come into the tent and we actually, we actually become one with him, and we do that to a measure now, but there's a fullness at his second coming. And in his second coming, I like this. It is the final ingathering of the nations to him. Tabernacle was the first feast that was ever created. Do you know that? That is so cool. Noah, when he brought everybody into the ark, they were going into a place and they were yielding to God's instructions. Abraham, the only feast he followed was the the Feast of Tabernacle. He created an altar. He created a tent. It was so awesome. Even Jesus knew not, not to, dis- to, to disrupt time. Put up John chapter 7, 2 and 9. Jesus even knew he wasn't to fill this feast yet. This is so beautiful. Jesus wants us excited about the fulfilling of the expansion of his kingdom. It is awesome. He will place his own tabernacle. Oh, this is where this really expanded. I know I'm getting ahead. John 7, 2, 9. Oh, just give me one verse at a time. John 7, 2. The, the fullness of the tabernacle is when he creates the body of Christ. And we are all experiencing his glory. Okay, in worship. I love it. It says, now the Jews... Now the Jews' feast of tabernacle was at hand. Next verse. His brothers, meaning Jesus' brothers, therefore said to him, Depart from here and go on to Judea, that your disciples also may see the works that you are doing. Next verse. For no one does anything in secret while he himself seeks to be known openly. If you do these things, show yourself to the world. His brothers wanted him to go up to the Feast of Tabernacles, that they were celebrating this feast. For no one does, oh, go ahead, next one. For even his brothers did not believe in him. Come on, when you don't believe in somebody, do you provoke them? Yes, next verse. Then Jesus said to them, my time has not yet come, but your time is already ready. Don't go to the next. Jesus never went to the feast or never celebrated the Feast of Tabernacles because that will be fulfilled at his second coming. Wow. He even told it in John and people pressured him. But he's like, I'm not going to that because I'm going to fulfill that my second coming. <laughs> he already knew that. That's why it's an expansion. The three feasts, we actually participate in measure. These are visitations. These are experiences that we have. We experience a measure of each one of these feasts. But I liked it because tabernacle is a feast of thanksgiving. What is our job? If trumpets is for us to build a sound, right? Atonement is for us to pray and fast for the, for the final ingathering, for the Israelites' final cleansing. Then what is the tabernacle? It's for us to dwell with him now. The word said, 
Your time is always what? Ready. That means we can feast with him. We can, we can celebrate the tabernacle because he wants us to go up to the third heaven, come down, have an experience, worship him, hear his voice, work on the sound. He wants this because we're doing what? Expanding his kingdom on earth. We're expanding his kingdom on earth because ultimately when he comes down for his second, he's coming with a sound. He's coming to gather all his people. And then what, this is so awesome. (laughs) He will place his own tabernacle here on earth. That's with us. We're the glorified body. Come on. We are in the motion of expansion. We are in the motion of expansion. But I'm going to tell you right now, you're not in the motion of expansion if you're not getting the movement. If you're not dying, if you're not burying, if you're not resurrecting, and then consecrating yourself for a fullness of the Spirit. Come on. How many people get knocked out at home? Right? We don't have to get knocked out here. You can feast at home. You can feast at home. I'm telling you, he makes it so easy. He wants to make the transition what? Fast. He, this, I told you, this movement, those four feasts, already producing, never stop. Never stop. They're always going. You get the significance. See, we can talk about the origin of it all day long. But what's the significance? How does this apply to you today? Do you know what I'm saying? If we are born in this fifth dispensation, you're already connected to the, you're already connected to the other three. I love that. My time has not yet come. He did not go to that feast. He never participated in that feast. Because the ultimate is when he comes because he is the fullness of that feast, when he brings his, he, I love that worship center right there. I think that's his place. <laughs> he is bringing it on down. Savannah is a lighthouse to a nation, right? So I love it. The world will come to worship him in that tabernacle at his second coming. We're, man, I'm telling you, if you know your place and you are growing through the movement of the four feasts, Isn't that beautiful? You are on the progress to growing. You are getting where you need. You are actually becoming so you can be a participator. So when he he comes and he has his own tabernacle here on earth, the world will come to worship him. We must be preparing our ark. That's the most beautiful thing about the ark. It starts with one individual at a time. We're a full body in here right now, right? But if not everybody's connected to the movement, then I have, I have a, a body that doesn't completely function. I need everybody to get into the flow of the movement so we can move as one glorious body. Are you, guys, you guys getting this? Okay, I think this is so beautiful. It's so important. The world cannot have you. Oh, I don't need that. That's good. I didn't mean to go that. I wrote it wrong. So that's good. All right. So now let's start off. Monday. Starts Passover, right? That means we have to move from death to burial. We are entering into the burial season because, hey, come on. In this time, it was Passover, unleavened bread, first fruits. Boom, 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 boom. Then 50 days till Pentecost. Okay, you get that? That means we're, we really aren't supposed to suffer for but a breath. We should be going through dying, burying, and resurrection like this. It should be so fast. And if we get the wave of the movement, we don't even suffer anymore because he died so we didn't have to suffer. 
but we feel we are suffering. We let ourselves hold on stuff too long. So we have to, I'm telling you, this Passover, Passover, unleavened bread, first fruits is a way it's teaching us how to sustain life. It's teaching us how to sustain his life through deliverance. Through deliverance. Do you know Noah was delivered with his eight people and the family in the ark? The Israelites were delivered out of their bondage. Christ delivered us by dying on the cross. Okay? He gave us something that already produced the truth. So it's so awesome. All this starts is with a sacrifice. Put up 1 Corinthians 5 verse 7. This all starts with a sacrifice. When we sacrifice, then we get a visitation. If you sacrifice and you bury it, do you know your visitation is 100% guaranteed? How many people believe that? It is 100%. I heard that. He said that to me. Lee, it's 100% guaranteed. If they get this movement and they they flow with it. It's 100% guaranteed you are going to have a visitation. The Holy Spirit is going to infill you. I don't know what stage anybody else is in, what they're in here, but it's constant filling. But you need that. We need the power to be doing what we're called to do. Nobody can do this on an intellectual level. You can't study these feasts on an intellectual level and, and flow. You got to catch the movement of them and know, am I living the feasts? Christ is the living word. Are you living this? Are you experiencing this? It says, therefore, purge out all the old leaven that you may be a what? New lump, right? Since you truly are what? Unleavened. For indeed, Christ is what? Our Passover and was sacrificed for us. Now, isn't that amazing that somebody laid their life and sacrificed for you? And we don't even, and we have days where we don't even worship him. We don't read the word. Somebody who died for us. Now, this is so awesome. So if somebody died for us so we could be passed over, right? That would be like me coming to hit Mamie in the face, right? But I love this. Mamie's marked by the blood. She's already, she is saved. So this circumstance can be coming to her, and then boom, it passes over, but it hits Carrie. <laughs> that is too funny that that just happened. Okay. No, I'm serious. As I was studying this, all, uh, as I was studying this, all I kept on seeing was things passing people over, passing people over, passing people over, death passing you over. Doesn't that feel good? Okay. And how do you know you have a visitation? Because when you're getting passed over, you feel the wind. You ready for the wind? Okay. The wind is what is important because that is, we feel, we get an infilling of him. If we are connecting with the movement of the feast, then we recognize it all starts with recognizing that Christ is your Passover. If you can't even get that, you cannot, you cannot even commune with him, with the unleavened bread. You cannot experience a visitation. Because why? This movement is in order. 
It's in order and it's disciplined. If you want to receive the fruit of it, I'm not asking you to look up how to have the dinner table set for Passover. I'm asking you to connect with the significance of it. And if you can connect with the significance of it, man, it's in motion. God never told us to give up the Passover just because it was already fulfilled. We were to actually practice it. Now we have to practice it and we have to participate. Come on, a feast. Participation and preparation. We should be excited for the Passover because he was, he was sacrificed for us. Okay. Doesn't that feel good? Okay. Please put the next verse, 5 8. Therefore, let us keep the what? Feast, not with old leaven, nor with the leaven of what? Malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread, the sincerity and the truth of Christ. If you can connect with the truth and the sincerity, watch the visitations you'll have. I just know from my own personal experience, when I got, I didn't even know I was following the motion. But when you really sincerely and truly seek him and you spend time with him, and you know what? I mean, it's not like a box thing. Do you know what I'm saying? You got to get up and you got to talk to him. I love Carrie's testimony. Sometimes he didn't talk to God because he was, thought he was what? You were angry. We can't, we've got to be able to talk to him. And then when we ask him questions, James says, don't ask and ask amiss. We have to ask. And when we ask him, he'll show us things. When I asked him about the feast two years ago, he started teaching me on it. I didn't have to read a book. It's in the book. <laughs> it's in the book. It is the book. And he will start revealing to you the importance of it. Okay? Isn't that awesome? So the unleavened bread. Let's keep the feasts. So are we, I love this. I did write this. This is kind of funny. <laughs> I said, you know, I wrote this. Christ is greater than the shadow. See the shadow? It's showing us a foreshadow. We do not keep the feast by keeping the feast. We keep the feast by clinging to Christ. So we're to keep the feast because he was the feast. He was Passover. He was unleavened bread. He was first fruits. And he gave us the gift of the Holy Spirit to come down and give us what we need for the season. God, we need his impartation for the season. He really becomes our feast, so we become a new creation. When you get that next infilling of power in the movement, you have no idea what he's going to be doing with you next. Why? Because it's new. Because it's new. It's not old. Even Noah, come on. Here's a man. Oh, let's just, let's just pick this up real quick. No, this is good. Go to Genesis chapter 8. This is so beautiful. Genesis chapter 8. Thank you for bearing with me. Give me chapter, oh, I'm sorry, chapter 6, verse 17. Chapter 6, verse 17. It says, Behold, and behold, I myself am bringing flood waters on the earth to destroy from under heaven all the flesh in which is the breath of life. Everything that is on the earth shall die. Next verse. 
but I will establish my covenant with you, and you shall go into the ark. You, your sons, your wife, and your sons' wives with you. Now I want you to get this. God, it says in the beginning, God was pleased with Noah because he said Noah walked with him. When you walk with somebody, you're talking to them. You are communing with them. You're developing a relationship. Give me verse 6-9, Genesis 6-9, where the Lord even shows with Noah. He said, this is the genealogy of Noah. Noah was a what? Just man. He was perfect in his generations. Noah walked with God. The moment you let go of everything, say, I'm going to walk with God and I'm going to learn about Christ, then he's going to start manifesting this movement. People get happy when they get saved, but when they get their first challenge to follow the word, do you get what I'm saying? When they get that first challenge, when, when the Lord tells them, oh, I need you to do this. I need you to ask for forgiveness for this person. I need you to go honor that person you don't like. I need you to accept this person you don't like. Get what I'm saying? He is working something in out of your soul. And he's bringing in the mind of Christ so that you can actually experience a feast with him. See, what holds us back is blocking us from feasting with him. The things that hold us back, the things that he wants to change us. See, Noah walked with God and he was considered just. So it was awesome. It's interesting. We are here to prepare an ark. When you are called into this ministry, you're here to prepare an ark. God is calling us into the ark of this time. It says at the end time, when sin was greater, what was grace was greater. But I'm going to tell you, if you are not going to sanctify yourself in an ark when the floods come, you're missing the move. See, we are not just justified in Christ. We also have to become sanctified. When we pull ourselves, I love this, the Feast of Weeks. When you take those 50 days after you died, you buried it, right? You actually felt the resurrection. How many people have felt the resurrection from burying something? Okay, that means you were on a high the next day. Then all of a sudden you got on a low. What happened? Right? Now he wants you to be sanctified with him. So then he can really give you the power that you need. You know, he just doesn't give his power freely like that. You got to be in the motion of dying to your old self so the new bread can be in you. So it's awesome. But Noah was a great example of that time. Death passed him old over. Noah was in order. He was just. He walked with God. He received instruction to build this big ark. And then he disciplined himself. Do you know how many years it took him to do the ark? I really don't know. But I know it didn't take him a week. You know what I mean? I really don't know. A hundred years? Can you? Um, yeah, because this is what's so cool. About, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What is so cool about Noah is he was like really, really old. But after the floods rescinded, we didn't live any more than 120 years old now. They cut. Can you imagine living to be a thousand years? I wouldn't want to. <laughs> There's nothing in that. Yeah, I can't see that. But I, I really can't. I'd rather die today. <laughs> I mean, I, I want to go home. But you know what? But we're called here to do something. Isn't that awesome? Jesus got called from home to come down and do a work. And he fulfilled four feasts to the fullness. 
so we can actually take of the fruit now. We get to partake of that fruit now and then be a laborer for the second coming. And we are to help other people. Man, that's an honor. That is an honor. I love it. Order, instruction, discipline produces what? Fruit. In all the movements, the Lord, in all those movements, the Lord sustained Moses. He never hurt Moses. He didn't take anything away from Moses. He was there with Moses the whole time. Isn't that powerful? So, all right. It all starts with a sacrifice. Remember, Jesus is our sacrifice. But now I'm going to ask you, what thought, what behavior, what action are you in torment now with your life? If you are in torment, that's because death is about to turn to burial. And if you haven't even identified what your sacrifice is, you're missing it. See, we can experience a circumstance, a trial that can be like a scourging to us. And it will feel like what? Death. We are called to experience conflicts, trials, and troubles. But if you're in Christ and he is working with you, he will pass you over on certain experiences because he sees that you're walking with him like Noah and that you're being just what's just, walking by faith, working at it. Blameless doesn't mean perfect. Blameless means put yourself before God and start asking him. Start talking to him. Hey, what do I need to do to change this season so I can get the next visitation, the next filling? Do you know what I'm saying? So when we, we build this, now I'm going to tell you a story. My nephew called me. His name is Georgie. And I had already had gotten this revelation. And I even marked it in my calendar this year, you know, the different things. Even though we can go through the cycle faster than just a year. Do you know what I mean? You can move through these cycles faster. They're not stuck to the calendar. But yet it's foundational. So it's good for us. If you don't understand it, hey, start seeking that order. But just know it's order that can be that you can keep going through that order. It's a cycle that never stops. It's always in existence. So Georgie calls me and he says, this kid, I have a nephew that's like number in the top five college students for pitchers. He's already he's already got five drafts, major leagues the moment he graduates college, which is May. He graduates college this May. He goes to Holy Cross. And this, he's smart. He's got it all going for him. He's a really cool, cool kid. He's saved, you know what I mean? Loves God, came into this ministry one day. He's, he's come twice already. Well, the awesome thing is he really got touched by God in my living room. The last time he was here, I was talking to him, and he said that he saw angels swirling around us because he said he can see in the spirit. And he saw or angels. And then as I was talking to him the whole time, He said hands were laying on him and he was getting filled from the head from his toes. That's exactly how he described it. And he said it was so powerful that he felt he received what he needed for wherever he was going for what was going on in his mind. Well, he just calls me last week. So this is like a month or two ago. He calls me and he says, oh, my God, I was so high when I left you. And now everything's terrible. He said, my team is doing terrible. You know what I mean? And that affects my stats. He told me that affects how he ranges as a pitcher on the thing. And I'm not a sports person, so I'm doing my best to describe this right. All right. And he's like, I'm just so down because my team's going to make me miss it. He said, my team is going to make me miss it. So, of course, I'm listening to him like a good aunt. And I am thinking about these feasts. I'm thinking about the movement, right? 
And I was like, you know, Georgie, you ever hear of Passover? He said, yeah. I said, that's kind of coming. He goes, yeah. And I was like, well, when Christ died for us, he wants us to sacrifice something so we can have his mind. Because he already died for us to have it. It's already there. So what is, what's happening on your team that would be, what could you do that could be a sacrifice that would be Christ-like? And of course he was quiet. Because he's like, Lee, I'm the captain. I'm a senior. This is my year, right? And I was like, yeah. And I said, maybe you have to become a freshman and serve your team. Because that's what Christ would do. I said, so what mindset do we have to change out? And he was like, uh, Leah, he says, I'm getting it. I said, here, I'm going to even give you icing on the cake. I said, Georgie, if you will serve your team like a servant up until your graduation, whether you're a senior, whether you're the number one guy on the team, no matter what, if you will serve them. And while I'm talking, I am seeing pictures of him carrying bags of bats and putting them to the freshmen, lending a guy his favorite. Georgie loves his mitts, right? Lending one of his players his best mitt. You know what I mean? The one he thinks that has the anointing on it, right? So I was telling, I was just saying, Georgie, maybe you could do this. He's like, Lee, I got it. I got it. I got it. I said, yeah, well, if you will do that, he said that he was becoming, he said it's called a scapegoat or a go- he said everybody was starting to get mad at him because he was doing so well. And he said he could feel that the team was against him. I told him, if you'll do this, it will turn the table and then death will pass you over. See, he called me dying. He's like, I'm dying, Lee. I'm the senior. I'm the best on the team. He's like, my team is messing me up. I was like, all right, Georgie, it's time for Passover, right? Something has to die. You have to enact it. And then guess what? Whatever negative thing was coming to him from the team, it would do what? Pass him over. I said, Georgie, it will totally dismantle. God's, there is a power in Jesus that if you'll sacrifice because he sacrificed for you, death will pass you over. Come on, it's beautiful. Right? Okay, and then I said, and then get this, Georgie. And God is going to visit you. He's like, what do you mean? <laughs> I said, God is going to visit you because you allowed yourself to change your mindset and then change your behavior. And if you stick this out until the end of the season, I said, and you seek God and you sanctify yourself in the word during this time. I said, I will promise you, God will give you a visitation and he will fill you with everything you need for your draft, right? Get this. So when he gets to his drafts, he's going to have every power that he needs to succeed in that, right? I said, when is your drafts? And he said, June 3rd through 5th is like the sign-up time, but then it's the whole week. Well, do you know on the calendar of this, Pentecost falls between May 31st and June 5th. There's different versions of the days. Man, I was like, man, Georgie is going to be filled with what? Power. He's going to get, he is going to have a visitation so he can, so he can, not, that doesn't mean he's going to get the draft he wants. That's not what I'm telling him. He's going to be filled with the power to get through that draft period. And no matter what, God is going to produce fruit out of that. He's going to meet a desire of his heart. And I'm not saying it's going to be the Phillies or the, what are the teams? I don't know, teams. Do you know what I mean? Red Sox is one of them, you know. But all I know is, do you get what I'm saying? Georgie is becoming a new creation. Georgie is coming. He is listening to a new command. Georgie is now coming in and partaking of a new covenant. 
Man, when you connect with the movement of the feasts, you are yielding to a new command. You are yielding to a new covenant. I love it. Monday starts Passover. Do you know, you want to, 1 Corinthians 15, 36. 1 Corinthians 15, 36. Jesus was our Passover lamb. What do we need to sacrifice in exchange for that visitation? If you, what do you want to experience? How much do you want to experience? It must come through a renewed mind. Corinthians 5.36 says, The foolish one, what you sow is not made alive unless it dies. His pride of being number one, (laughs) the senior, do you know what I'm saying? And all those things had to what? Die. I promised her, I said, Georgia, if you allow this to die, what attack you think you're going to get is going to pass you over. Isn't that beautiful? What, what do we have to die to? I, I said this a couple years ago. Let's all die together. Let's all figure out what we got to die to. Because you know what the hardest part is? The enemy comes during the Feast of Weeks hard. Right when you're going to receive your visitation, he gets you to go back to that sin. I'm serious. There, uh, we've watched it in this ministry. Right when somebody's going to receive something, you watch the enemy come and dangle the sin. And they go to the sin and then they blame everybody else. They miss it. They miss it. But guess what? Here's the beautiful thing in Christ. It's just delayed. It's just delayed. That means we, it's always, what is in heaven for you is always in heaven for you. And it can be dropped down at any time. But I'm going to tell you, it's not going to, you're not going to receive the fullness if you don't go through the movements of these feasts. You're not going to. And I'm going to tell you, you can look back at your life and you can say to yourself, hey, I've done this. And I didn't even know I was doing it. Because that's what happened to me. Put up 1 Corinthians 15, 42. And we're almost done. Yes, we're almost done. Isn't that good? Okay. I like it when I turn, there's nothing on the next page. Hey, this is a lot of stuff, right? Okay. All right, so I'm going to be asking you, what is the Lord saying to you in this time? What is holding you back that the Lord has tried to show you so you can die? Something of yourself. It says, so also is the resurrection of the dead. The body is sown in corruption. It is raised in incorruption. That means you have to sow something to die, but you don't know what's going to come back. But I can guarantee you this. You can sow your corruption and guess what you're going to reap? Incorruption. Next verse, 43. You can sow in dishonor. It is raised in what? Glory. It is sown. I'm telling you, your sacrifice is sown. So it is sown in dishonor. That's how it feels. George is losing his rank, isn't he? If he's got to serve the freshmen, he's only doing it because I told him, right? He really is doing it out of obedience right now more than his understanding. But then it's raised in what? Glory. It, when, we, when we sacrifice something, it's sown in what? Weakness. Do you know we can't even, we can't even do When you hear that something you're to sacrifice, the first thing we say is, no, I'm not doing that. I need you to worship more. Yeah, I'm not doing that. I need you to come in and do that. Nope, I'm not doing that. Come on. Sometimes we have to sow into the weakness. And then guess what happened? It's raised in what? Power. It's raised in power. 
We sow our sacrifice, whatever your sacrifice is. I'm not even worried about what the outcome is. That's what I was trying to teach Georgie. Don't worry about, just know that it's 100% visitation and you are going to 100% receive something of the desire of your heart. I don't want him to worry about the end. I want him to worry about dying. Okay? And whatever he sows into it, the word already tells us what we get back. What's the next verse? Come on, if we sow in weakness, we receive what? Power, his power. If we sow in a natural body, it is it is raised to what? Come on, when we take it, there is a spiritual body being built. It says there is a natural body and there is a what? Spiritual body. I mean, don't look at things in the natural. Look at things in the spiritual. Get in the movement. Aren't you excited about the movements now? How many people want to celebrate Pentecost? How many people want to connect with unleavened bread? Jesus, right? How many people want to resurrect as a first fruit in whatever you're doing? Come on. If you sow in corruption, you already know your fruit's going to be what? In corruption. If you know you're going to sow a weakness, you know the fruit's going to be connected to what? Power. Aren't you excited? Yeah. Right? Spiritual body. Okay. I love this. Next verse. And so it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. It is a guarantee. It is a guarantee. Next verse. It is good. However, the spiritual is not first, but the natural and afterwards the spiritual. If we understand the origin of the natural of something, what's going to happen? The spiritual is going to emerge if you connect with the significance of it. You got to connect and say, hey, I'm telling you, sometimes it's good to be second. <laughs> hey, I'm serious. I say that in a cute way. Sometimes, hey, I'm second child, right? Hey, the first is called, the second establishes. Hey, that just makes me feel good. Sometimes. But yes, you can't have second without what? First. <laughs> right? We can't even have the second coming to experience the fullness of the tabernacle until Jesus came the what? First time. We couldn't have anything if we didn't have Adam first. Because what? Hey, Adam messed it up a little bit, right? But it was all the plan. It was all God's plan. And it was his movement. Next verse. The first man was of the earth, made of dust. The second man is what? The Lord from heaven. I love it. One is called, one establishes. That's why I was joking when I read that verse. I'm like, Okay, maybe feel better about being second child. You know what I mean? <laughs> about being the second. I love it because they have to work together. You can't have one. You can't have it with the other. All right, isn't this awesome? So what is the Lord saying to you? In this time, what is holding you back that needs to die? New creation. To become a new creation, you have to be blameless. You have to walk with God. You must worship him like Noah. Put up really quick. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 14. Do you know there's benefits of being a new creation? I love it. Because if we will follow the death, then we will learn to trust him. 
We have to learn to trust him. It says, for the love of Christ compels us because we judge thus that if one died for all, then all what? Died. Hey, I'm going to tell you, you might as well die dying than just <laughs> and die and miss it, right? Come on, right? You might as well die trying, you know, instead of just dying and missing it. You get what I'm saying? Okay. All right, next verse. And he died for all that those who live should live no longer for themselves, but for him who died for them and he rose again. So you become a new creation. Next verse. Therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh. That means I'm not going to look at Carrie and I'm not going to judge him. I'm already not, I'm not going to look at him in the flesh. I'm not going to look at Tori in the flesh. I'm not going to look at you in the flesh because it says we regard no one. Deeds you from obeying the truth resulting in rebellion. Impede you from obeying the truth resulting in rebellion and rebellion is what? Witchcraft. That's why Paul said to the Galatian church, who has bewitched you? Trying to perfect what started in the spirit with the flesh. Number three, it generates resistance to change. If you don't like to change, then you know there's a stronghold involved. If you don't like change, then you know there's a stronghold involved because, because the old man fears change. Because change changes your destiny. Change redirects you into the plan of God. You got to change. And when you resist change, there's a lot of uh, leaders out there that resist change. So the people under them will never change because you'll never go past your leader. You will never go past that leader. You'll be just like him. That's biblical. It generates resistance to change. Individuals with mental strongholds never change because they see the process as threatening. That's the old man speaking that's crucified on the cross. Still talking. Hey, don't that the process is threatening. The human mind is formed over a bundle of beliefs resistant to change. Our mind all of these years has been formed by from a bundle of over a bundle of beliefs that are resistant to change. We want all the promises of God, but we don't want to change to be able to embrace it. If we don't receive and meditate on the revealed word of God, the strongholds re oh I love this, Jesus. Listen to what the Lord said here. If we don't receive and meditate on the revealed word, the strongholds receive our disobedience and the stronghold actually meditates on your defeat. If we don't receive and meditate on the word, the strongholds receive your disobedience and they actually begin to meditate on your defeat. Oh, my God, Jesus. 
I'm going to say it again. I can receive the word and not meditate on it. Just because I've received it doesn't mean I've become it. Meditation, there it is. Meditation puts Jesus in the house. Puts Jesus in the soul. So if somebody's meditating on my defeat. <laughs> the whole time I'm looking for sex for approval. The demons meditating on my defeat. All those defenses of these strongholds. Once you yield to them, they begin to meditate on your defeat. And what does meditation do? It brings manifestation. <laughs> now the old man's really talking. Now the old man's prophesying. <laughs> oh, Jesus. These are minds that are fixed and rigid. A prideful person will not admit he is wrong. This is a stronghold. They prefer to keep their ways than to, than, than to embrace a new way. That's a prideful person. These people are driven to destruction by the stronghold. That can't, this is pinned from the Holy Ghost. How can we renew and transform and change our mindset? Look at Jeremiah 1.10. Number one, how can you renew and transform a change and change your mindset? Number one is with the apostolic anointing. Who, who knows what an apostolic anointing is? I've taught on it, huh? It's the anointing from an apostle that's coming from that office. It's a resurrection anointing. Christ was the apostle. He's the only apostle. We're just a function. But when he rose up, he rose up as the chief apostle. So it's apostolic anointing coming from an office gift of an apostle. It's a, it's, a, it's a spirit that accelerates things. So that's why I'm very careful in praying for certain people because I can accelerate the demon in your life just like I can accelerate God. Because it's going to resurrect whatever's there. That's why Paul, see Paul, delivered the man that was having what, sex with his daddy's wife. He delivered him over. That was that resurrected spirit. So that thing could come in maturity. Because nothing's going to die unless it matures. So his spirit could live. That's why you see things manifesting here. Strongholds are being manifested. They've got to come to maturity before they'll die. Jeremiah 1.10 says, See, I have this day appointed you to, to the oversight of the nations and the kingdoms to root out and pull down and destroy to overthrow Build and plant. That's what we do here. We root out, we destroy, we overthrow, and then we build and plant. Or plant and build. Apostles have a, a warfare spirit. And it's a lonely life. That's what 
Uh, Pastor Mike says, hey, man, it's got to be a lonely life. It is a lonely life for me sometimes. Because you can't be around everybody. You just can't. Because you'll make them miserable. They won't like you. Because they feel so uncomfortable around you. Apostles have a spirit of warfare given by God and are called to bring the full revelation of God's word to the people. See, you can get a revelation from God, but the apostolic spirit brings it into full revelation. This is how strongholds are destroyed. What time is it? Okay. One, 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 one of the marks of a true apostle is new revelation that challenges your mindset. That gets you thinking. How? <laughs> Pastor Mike, I had about a two-hour meeting with him over there. Man, his mind was just... I said, man, what are you thinking right now? It was constantly being challenged. <laughs> but he receives. Number two, you have to plant, sow, and edify. Number one was the apostolic spirit. Number two, you got to plant, sow, and edify. And number three, this is how you get a change of mindset. By discipleship. This is sonship. This is how you get a change mindset. Soul shifters, spots class, sonship. Those are the three classes that get you in shifting into a different mindset. And listen, your testimonies are the signs of renewal, transformation, change. Now you're an agent of change an apostolic ambassador for Christ. That's why a lot of people don't like me because they have to change. When you're carrying a measure of God's presence, it demands change. The anointing of God demands death. The presence of God demands change. The anointing of God demand, demands death to the flesh. The presence of God demands change. And you can only carry the measure of the presence that your mind has been renewed. It's like a numb feeling. Like nothing, nothing gets to you, nothing. It's just, it's so different. It's a supernatural rest. Your mind stops thinking. When you stop thinking, he reveals. A person that thinks all the time, that's called mind idolatry. Jesus said, so a man thinks, so he is. Man, I'm trying to get my eyes off of me. If I stop thinking, then he reveals. And listen, I go through the same stuff y'all go through. You'll never know it. But we all go through the same stuff. The demons are the same today as they were yesterday. 
They're tormenting the same people. They're not going to let up. It's like the process is forever. But it can be joyful. You can enjoy the Lord while you're in the process, and you won't even know you're going through the process. We have to be glory carriers. We've got to be glory carriers. Don't forget about the miracle, miracle and healings conference in Hinesville at the Arts Center and Thursday night and Friday night. God is going to move in that place. He, he, I've never heard of, I said, Lord, how do you want me to prepare? And he said, go to the book of Ezra. Ezra. So I read Ezra. And Ezra did a fast. And he said, you got to do the Ezra fast and your people. And what was the Ezra fast? It, it, three things. Three things. It gives guidance. It protects your children. And it protects your possessions. Because when you're in, going after miracles in the miracle realm, the devil's coming after you. And what does he go after? Your children and your possessions. The Ezra fast, if you want guidance. And how do I know? How do you do it? The Holy Spirit told, told me to do liquid. Everybody do liquid on the day. And one meal at night for three days before the conference. That's Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. That's it right there. Mon this Monday it starts. So liquid means water, juices, you know, things, just liquid. And then one meal. Not second helpings. And that's what Chris did. He said, well, you didn't tell us that. He had to like three helpings. So he, he, he did all the meals in one meal for the day. <laughs> Chris. Oh, Lord, I love Chris. Um, but, but when you do the Ezra fast, you're speaking that word, those scriptures. And, and Charlene, she's sending this out. I asked her to send it out to everybody. She did? Okay. You got those passages that talks about Ezra. It's in there. We need to declare those passages as we are fasting. Amen. Guidance, protection of children, and possessions. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Any questions? We we have to understand that we've got to be changed. And understand how to keep the change. Amen. When I say keep the change, you can't lose your change. You can just pollute it. In other words, the change can happen. But if you don't do the maintenance, worship is the best way to do maintenance. Because I think it's in the book of John, it says, Worship your worshipers are purified through worship. So when you get into worship, you are that last man on that chart right there. That's what that's what the devil sees. That's why he leaves. All his agreement just got paired off of you. 
Because the Spirit gets magnified on the inside. Bellowing off of you. Amen. Any questions? Y'all got this? Y'all got it? Stay in that spot class. If you're in that spot class, stay in it. You're not going to be the same person at the end of the year. You'll be a glory carrier. Amen. You want to? We can we can play a couple songs. We just close with a couple songs. Do the um the uh the Julie True that I had on at the end. I'm not sure. What's the name of that album, Brooklyn? Go ahead and turn it up. Because you want you want to worship God before and after because it seals it seals what's been taught. So y'all can worship. <laughs> 